Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. Welcome to this week's series. I'm really delighted this week to have an inspiring female leader who is breaking boundaries, probably where only 5% are female leaders in the construction industry providing services into the construction industry. She's also an amazing leader in her own right and a podcast host of Unstoppable. Without further ado, I'll let her introduce herself. Thank you, Jonathan. I am Karina Burton. I am co-founder and co-owner of CPR Construction Cleaning, as well as CPR Productions. I am the host of the Unstoppable podcast, but more importantly, as well, I am a mother of four. I am a serial entrepreneur, a brand builder, a marketing expert, and industry disruptor. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders, and back to you, Jonathan. Thank you very much indeed, Karina. Well, being a parent of four, I and my wife, Lee, are also parents of four. We brought two each. So we've got four now between us and they're all much older. What age are, are your children, Karina? So I kind of have a, a wide range. I have an 18-year-old, mm -hmm. 16, 13, and five. Wow, that's, that's have, a good, I, good spread. It's pretty much all over the spectrum, I feel like, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you have to cope with children all, at all stages in, in all their development. And in fact, that's one of the things I'm always interested in. If you took yourself back to you being their age, what bit of advice would you give yourself, having made mistakes along the road, had le learned from things, what bit of advice would you give to the young you? I absolutely love that question because I constantly think about this because I want to parent in the way that I wish I would have known as a child and how I wish I would have been taught and inspired. And so these questions I feel like are exciting because I try to live them every day. There's two things that I try to um, implement into my children as best as I can, you know, how parenting is, but one, the one thing that really set me back in life was fear. I was afraid of everything. I was taught in a mindset of fear means I'm protecting you. Fear means that this is done by love. And it kind of backfired on me in certain areas because then I became afraid of everything. But yet there was something inside of my heart, even as a small child, that I wanted to break free of that. And so I knew it wasn't something that was innately born in me. I wasn't a fearful person. It was a taught. Mm. And so I, I just knew that if I was to teach my children to be fearless, to not worry about what people think about the failures and the outcomes, just about what you want in your goals, that they would be able to achieve it. The second thing that I would tell my, my younger self, which I tell my children is to believe and have confidence in your talents. Mm. Don't second guess yourself. You are extremely talented because that was the other thing 
as a child, I grew up and I struggled so much with my learning abilities. I grew up in a multicultural home. I spoke Spanish first and then I spoke English and going to a school where it was predominantly Caucasian. I think I was probably the only Hispanic person in my school. Mm. My learning abilities, I was set a little bit behind initially. And that was kind of the snowball effect of me feeling like I was less than my talents were not as good. That's really interesting. And we'll, we'll cover a little bit of your child and how it shaped you today. But I'm interested from your point of view, in, in your interpretation, the series is called Inspiring Leadership. You know, you were re- recommended by, by Brian J. Esposito, who said, look, this is a very inspiring leader, female leader in a very male dominated world. She also runs a podcast and you must have her on the series, which is lovely. And I can see why. What does inspiring leadership mean to you? If, if, if you just give a definition of what it means for you personally, when someone you say she or he is an inspiring leader. It's by action. And that's something even growing up, I saw people more inspiring when they didn't just talk the talk, they walked the walk. And I got to see them in action. And I got to see, and that is where, even for myself as a leader, I want to not just share inspiring words. I don't want to share just insightful information. I want people to know that I'm sharing this because I've walked through that path. I've done it myself and I continue to do it on a daily basis. I would never give advice that I didn't do myself. No, this is perfectly put. And talking about the things that you've done yourself, let's go back and spend just a few minutes on your life and what shaped you. Talked about being in this uh, household, part Hispanic, speaking Spanish in a Caucasian world. Who and what has shaped you as the inspiring leader that people talk about you being today? What, what were the kind of key events in your life and what have you overcome? So the, there's multiple factors and it's really been an accumulation over time. I think we're all born with a certain type of passion, right? We have people who are passionate athletic, athletic people who, you know, become obsessed with the art of, you know, becoming the best at what they do in something specific. And then there are some people who really just want to change the world. And some people who just want, you know, who want to have a family and that's their focus. And some people who um, want to be business owners and Everyone is born with this innate nature of having a desire to do something specific. And for me specifically, and I had mentioned this earlier, saying that I was born with this fire and I didn't understand the fire. What was it? What was my drive? What was my passion? But it was there. And I always realized that when I was younger, I'd always shift to wanting to help people, people who were less fortunate, people who struggled because I felt like I was, I was made fun of a lot. I was um, teased for, you know, the religious, my religious beliefs. I was teased for um, the way I looked um, for my um, struggles in my school. And so I always leaned towards wanting to help those who didn't have anyone. And I wanted to make them smile. And 
so I, I knew that I had a passion to want to help people and inspire people and bring and give them hope. But I also found myself very drawn to being a very creative person. And that's where my entrepreneurialism has come out, where I can be this creative person and create solutions. My father was, um, he has always been in the farming and water irrigation industry. And that is a very male dominated industry. Back then it was predominantly male. Now today there is a nice blend, but still it is a male dominated industry. The wonderful thing about my dad was that he always took me with him. Whenever there were conventions or shows, my dad always had me there. And so I always felt very comfortable in surroundings with a lot of men in business-like spaces. So it was very natural for me to feel very comfortable in um, the construction industry specifically. Very, very interesting. And I think the role models of our parents are really important to us. So in return, I grew up, my father was killed when I was two and a half. So my mother brought me up and she took me around places and I was mother and grandmother. So I was often in female company and therefore very at ease in that environment. But yeah, ironically, I found myself for 20 years as an army officer in a totally male-dominated environment. There wasn't any women at all. And so now what's so nice is to be in a more balanced society where there's a mixture of both. But I do think, you know, our, our childhoods really shape us. Um, thinking about your life, what about the proudest moments and happiest moments and what you learned from that and some of the darkest moments in your work or your personal life? What would you what have you learned from both of those and what happened to you? So I feel like I've lived two lives which is strange because my first, when I was 18 and I graduated from high school and I went into um, college, I was this person who wanted to just experience the world. I wanted to know what it was like, but a lot of my background, I had an interesting background because I had my dad who would take me to all these places. And then I love my mother um, and, you know, I'm very, very close with her, but her background was very much um, women do this. So she put me in this box of what women do. And so it was very conflicting between the two. And I always would just lean towards what my father had, you know, embraced me in. And I mentioned, I'm, I'm bringing this up because unknowingly <clears throat> never thinking that I would get married at such an early age it happened. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, I'm fulfilling my duties. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, you know, it's hard to pick one of my proudest moments because for the first 10 years of my life, I was a stay at home mother. I was having my children. I had three daughters during this period of my life. Um, and so I could say at that point in my life, those were my proudest moments. Right. But I would say one of my there's a blend of my most proudest moment, but also what my darkest moment was having this realization that I didn't even know who I was anymore. And I realized that I was being a parent of say what I do or uh, do as I say, but not as I do. Um, 
And I, and I had this epiphany. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm becoming this person that I never wanted to be. And I kept telling my daughter who at the time, my oldest daughter at the time was um, six. And I said to her, cause she didn't want to play soccer. And I said, you need to, um, you can do anything, anything you put your mind to, you can do it. And I don't know what it was, but something hit me right then and there. And I said, I'm not even being a good example to my children. So this was going through this journey of setting myself free from bounds that had kept me from being able to know who I was as a person and even develop myself and my talents and what I was able to give to the world was not only the most exciting part of my life, but also the scariest because here's now this single mom of three daughters with no college education, no work experience other than working at a pizza place when I was, you know, 18 years old. And I literally had to humble myself and say, this is the only way you can get out because you have no money. Nobody's supporting you. Nobody's going to help you. So either you start at rock bottom or you stay in this comfort. Wow. So it's, you know, it's a blend. It's like one of the most exciting moments of my life, but at the same time, it was the scariest moment of my life because I had no idea what, what, what was going to happen. Yeah. And it's those moments that shape us. There's a, a great audio book I listened to life is in the transitions and it's in those transitions. Um, when you went through divorce and then you're on your own and three children, I do strongly relate to how tough a time that is. And often these experiences happen to us to shape you to the, be the leader that you are today. So thinking about the Inspiring Leadership Compass, we'll pick out one or two of the areas uh, that we have uh, and just see what they mean for you. I, I think the area of PQ, purpose quotient, what, you know, your dharma, your vocation, your calling, why are you doing the work you do today? What, what you know, you talked earlier about fire and drive. What gives you the fire and drive to do the work you do today? my children. Mm -hmm. I want my girls to feel empowered always. And so knowing that they have seen their mother do it and not be overcome by her circumstances, you know, their mother's challenges and struggles that their mother has always persevered and ended up on top. I want them to walk away when my daughter is 18, graduates from high school, she's moving to Hawaii and I won't be there to hold her hand, but at least my example will always be with her. When hardships come, that you know, memory of my mother has gone through this and worse and alone, I know I can do this. Or even the fact and the comfort of knowing if I need someone, I always have my mom there and I always know that she can give me a good answer. So of course I have, so I have my children, but also, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't really remember or think like, I didn't go into the, the, uh, construction space when I, you know, got divorced and became a single parent, it kind of just fell into my lap. I was in the restoration industry, which was with, um, you know, insurance and um, commercial properties. 
And then I kind of slowly organically by the universe, you know, I ended up in the construction space, but what started to drive me was making a difference with the people I work with. It can be something so simplistic. And, And I think that that was where I was able to see that it doesn't matter if you are in a highly saturated industry, if you are in a competitive industry, if you know how to problem solve, you are going to be extremely successful. Yeah. And, and you talk about your own industry and, and the problem solving. Um, men and women listening will be going, you know, what's it like to be in such a male dominated industry where you're a female leader of a business in that sector, providing services into that? What's the experience like and, and what advice would you give to men listening to give women a chance in it when they're in a, a very male dominated world or for women listening so they they believe that they can achieve in that kind of world what would be your advice well i absolutely love this question so i'm glad that you asked it my advice for both men and women is to remember to take off our gender hat our gender hat is really going to skew who we're talking to. There's always going to be that set of guidelines of being professional with any human, right? I'm not going to be unprofessional with a man or a woman. I'm going to do my best to be my best self, being someone with integrity, someone with authenticity, trustworthiness, talent, all of these really great characteristics that I'm going to bring to the table. I'm going to bring to the table with a man or a woman. And so when I do business, I do business with Jonathan. I don't do business with male Jonathan. And I do business with people who, you know, who have the talent and also have the same um, like-mindedness. And it's not about the gender. And I think that when we, of course, I, I absolutely love being a woman and I want to celebrate being a woman. But I think that sometimes we focus too much on the gender part, right? We don't hear um, the number one male CEO is this person. It's always the number one CEO. But we do hear the number one female CEO. And it's, you know, I know that we're celebrating the fact that more women are coming up. But if we can remember to take off the gender hat and really just put our best foot forward when we're doing business with another human being you're going to realize that you don't have to change who you are. You don't have to change your behavior. You don't have to be uh, more assertive. You're just going to be your best self with someone else. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing uh, that you say there. And I so, so agree with that. Um, Thinking about the next aspect of inspiring leadership is health and well-being. What are your health quotient? And, you know, during the pandemic, and it still continues, of course, there's a lot of people whose brains have, have not been so healthy. Mental health issues, they might be stuck at home or working in an environment which is more difficult, separated from people, no social contact, whatever it might be. What's your top tip for physical health and mental health that has worked for you, Karina, that you'd pass on to others? So I am a big advocate for both because mindset is a huge aspect of my life. It always has been. And also with health as well. Um, 
not only being physically fit, right. Going, you think going to the gym and trying to eat right, but you really have to pay attention to when, so let's just talk about what to do for our physical bodies, our physical bodies, the things that I would suggest to be able to get your blood moving, your lymphatic system moving, to get all of these toxins out of your body. Because the thing is, is that you will start feeling sluggish when you are stagnant inside. You can't even, there's, there's no creative juices that can even go through your mind because you're feeling yucky and down and all of that. So, you know, for me, I love and very passionate with music and music not only inspires me, but it gets me to want to, to um, move my body. So for me, I will do, um, I love to run. So I'm a big runner, but I also know it's really important to make sure that, um, you know, you're lifting weights because as you're building muscle, it's taking care of your, you know, the core of your body, which is your skeletal. So those are the tips. And I, I think like, if you love music or a podcast, something that inspires you and really gets your mind going, I, every time do this, I end up writing down inspirational things. Every single time I work out and do something like this inspirational thought comes into my mind and I always write it down. Brilliant. No, I love that. And what, so, else? what are the tips? Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, so the one for like mindset, especially, you know, with what we went through being very much quarantined in 2020 and I had my girls, you know, and I saw the um, difficulties that they went through with their mind and being stuck at home and, you know, these adolescents age, but I know that everybody was suffering from it. So mindset for me is also being able to honor your feelings. The more that we suppress and say, I have to push this down. I've got to be strong. I have to, I need to blah, 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 like all this stuff. Instead of saying, I'm going to take this moment I'm going to feel the feelings. I'm going to honor how I feel. And then I'm going to let it go. I'm going to find something else that I'm going to focus my mind on. And remember that the best truly is yet to come. And, you know, I've noticed that you're able to overcome this hump of these feelings of dread and sad and pain and disappointment when you honor your feelings, but you have to know when to stop and move on. Right. So it's finding that, um, that balance within and knowing I've given myself my two minute cry session. Now I'm moving on to what I'm focusing on and, um, how to better myself. That's, that's really great advice. And the other thing that you talked about earlier is, is growing up in an environment where people teased you. Um, and, and I relate to this because when I was at school, People would tease me because I was too nice and they would sort of take, um, they would tease me for my accent and how I spoke um, and and just be, people can be horrible to kids. They really can be foul. And yeah. I remember it, it really knocked my confidence for a long time. I'm interested particularly in the area I call CQ, which is cultural intelligence question, which involves diversity, equality and inclusion of people. So what is your tips when, when people are different and your tip on making people feel included when they're different from others. A lot of our differences are really just on the surface, things that you feel like you see, and even, you know, religious aspects of that, right. That's really just the surface. That's who you are is deep inside. You have an energy exchange that you can 
um, exchange with other people. And I really learned this early on in my career because from the outside, I looked a certain way to new potential clients. I looked very, very young. I, you know, even though I had three daughters, I looked so very young, 12 years ago. And, you know, I was in my late twenties and their perception was, oh, here's this girl just coming in and sharing. And I wanted people to realize that I actually do have common commonality with you. And so the, I, I started to become very close with people who you would never think on the surface that we would have common interests. And I took that time and it was really paying attention to your surroundings, paying attention to, you know, what makes them tick, but the most important thing that literally can connect you with another person who is the complete opposite as you is that unique energy exchange. If you're open to receiving it, you'll realize that you can connect to so many people. And then there are people who you do have an energy exchange And you're like, you know, I just don't feel that connection. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that and feel that. But if you're not open to an energy exchange, if you're closed off, you're never going to know who they truly are. And you're never going to be actually be able to relate to them. So be open, allow this energy exchange to happen. um, And you'll surprise yourself. Brilliant. No, great advice. And the other thing you're thinking about connecting with people, energy exchange, one of your specialisms is, is brand building. Uh, and so I just want to talk about BQ, which is brand, reputation, image, impact. What, what would be your top tip for people who are looking at developing an authentic brand about who they are, how they come across and how it connects with what their service is and what they're representing? So I would, and I have d- recommended this before, whenever I'm sharing in regards to people want to know how are you so successful with your marketing? How can you do social selling online? And it's through authenticity. You have to be authentic. That's just all there is to it. If you're in the business of just selling, you're going to have a hard time. If you're in the business of problem solving and creating solutions for whatever it is that you're doing, you are going to find so much greater success and success that doesn't have a cap. When you're just selling something, if I'm just saying, Hey, I have this item. I want to sell it to you. You're going to realize that maybe you you sell a few, but you're going to plateau. You're not going to be able to keep going and keep rising. And you think about, um, let's utilize Apple as a great example. Apple doesn't sell you something. They're selling you their why. They're selling you, you know, their purpose and how they can better your life and solutions for your life. And so, you know, if if Apple just said, hey, I'm selling you a cell phone. Here you go. You buy it. You're like, "Eh, I'm not that interested. But instead they approach it as, this is our why. This is what we're doing. This is how it can improve your life. This is how it can connect you with people. And then they tell you, oh, and then this phone also does X, Y, and Z for this price. You know what I mean? But you've already been captured by their why that you're sold. You're like, I'm emotionally connected to it. I have to have it. So when you do authentic um, branding, you've connected with your audience on an emotional 
level where people are very drawn to it and you're going to grow your audience um, exponentially and there's truly no cap to it at all. Yeah, no, so, so it's a really good way of looking at it. And what about in from brand to resilience? Resilience quotient would be the other one I'd be interested in. You've had some setbacks in life, I'm sure. I certainly have had many setbacks. I'm sure there's others I just don't know are coming down the pipe, but they're heading towards <laughs> me right now. Um, what's your tip on coping with adversity and uh, building a resilience so that when things do go wrong, you find a way of, of coming back stronger than before when you made the mistake or you, something went wrong? So for the last 12 years or 10 years, I would say, because the last couple of years have been pretty much in line, but over the last 10 plus years, it's been a series of failures in my life. Um, you know, I started off very excited. It was very scary. And as I started to progress into, you know, developing my career, I came across several moments where I partnered with people and they had this tendency to steal money from me. So here's a single mom who was struggling financially and I was being taken advantage of. And this is where I say your current circumstances do not define your future. And so that was something that I continually would tell myself, I am going to take a loss, but I'm going to get in a better position. And every time that happened, I did get in a better position and I progressively did that. And I've had two partnerships and now I've started my own company throughout this, you know, 10 plus year process and into these partnerships, you know, the I've had money loss, I've had failure. And right before I started CPR construction cleaning, I had lost almost everything. I was down to bare bones, almost losing my house. I lost my vehicle. I had no money. All my savings went into this business. And I had to look at myself and say, your circumstances don't define you. You know what defines you are your choices. And you're choosing to stay every day. You're choosing to stay. And so I said, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to create my circumstances through my choices. And two months later, I co-founded CPR Construction Cleaning, which is now, you know, a multi seven figure company in less than two years. But if I would have said my circumstances are so drier, they're just bleak, I'm going to fail I just have to get a job, call it quits. I can't do this. I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, that's a, a very inspiring story. And, and congratulations for, for coming back in such a way to learn from tough times and be determined not to be defined by it. And I remember in my wife's charity, which is for vulnerable girls who've gone through abuse, modern-day slavery, trafficking, mental health issues. It's called the Inspiring Leadership Trust. And Lee set it up about six years ago. When we had a, an event, which one of the girls who'd benefited from the help from Lee and the charity, she said, I am not defined by my past. I'm not defined by my past. And she'd been through all sorts of abuse and horrific experiences. And indeed, I'm really pleased for you that your father was an inspiration to you and your mother was. But I was talking to a senior leader early today, and he was talking about how he and his sister were both abused by their father. And it, it had such 
uh, an effect on them. So, so when people are in situations where they're lucky that they're born to loving parents, they're very fortunate. Others are not lucky. They can't choose where they're born, who they're born to, and, and what their parents will do with them. And, and it's so good seeing people being able to make something better from a difficult circumstance. Talking about people who've taken advantage of you, and I, I've been ripped off uh, to the tune of, I suppose, well over $300,000 by fraudsters. One of the women has gone to jail, but I never got my money back. It was all to do with, funny enough, property fraud, people promising things that were never going to happen, and it was all a sham. And I was part of a group of 40 who lost our money, a lot of money from it. But when you've been in organizations and you've met people who are toxic, and they take advantage of things, what advice would you give to deal with a situation when people are listening now and they're with people who are toxic? What would be your advice to them? I always choose to leave. I choose to not be a part of it. I choose to not have it around me. You are driven by your instincts. You have these red flags coming up to you. And if you do have a choice and you have an opportunity, you know, if you are not a child, right? Like children don't have these choices. They are unfortunately stuck in that moment until they have the freedom to make the choice. But there's still so many of us where we are adults and we feel like, we can't, we can't get out of that situation for whatever reason it is. Or, you know, maybe there's um, narcissistic guilt that are put on us, but it goes back once again to, you know, what are you choosing? What are you choosing for your life? And if your instincts are telling you get out, then guess what? The universe is going to help you find your way. So maybe you can't see the entire end of the staircase, but you have the first step and you need, and it's so vital for you to take it. The universe won't push you into it. You have to take that first step and have that leap of faith. No, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, really good point. And I think this whole idea about choices and getting out of a situation, which is unhealthy for you is so important. What about um, favorite books? Uh, is there a favorite book you have on leadership? that you would recommend to people? And what was it about it that you enjoyed? So I read over and over as Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> I'm actually rereading it again. Um, I, I absolutely, I love the fact that it, it gives you every aspect of becoming a successful person. Because it talks about mindset, but it talks about being somebody who is not just working hard. So we have to think about, I, I used to say, I'm working so hard. Well, that's great, but people can work hard for a long time and really get nowhere. Are you working smart and persistently? So that's where you think of like, sometimes people will, will work 10, 12, 14 hour days, but they're working smart. And they're being persistent along the way. And so I love this book and I love being able to continually go back to it because every time I listen to it, I get these aha moments because it's a spiritual journey. Business is always to me still a spiritual journey because the more I become a better person, the better leader I can be. 
the, the better problem solution creator that I can be for you. So, you know, people who don't believe that um, spirituality and to me, spirituality isn't religious. It is something that is in us as an individual that makes us our best self. To me, it 100% is, you know, combined with your business. Um, and this book literally has every aspect of it. And, and it talks about mindset and manifestation. So and it, I love it. I highly suggest it. I, I do remember reading it and it was cracking. Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yes, isn't it? Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Fantastic. Well, we're at that final stage, Karina, where I look forward to you just briefly introducing who you are, and what you do for the two minute top tip, your leadership top tip. So over to you. Awesome. So my top tip would be how being authentic builds your brand wealth and experience. People, I have completely changed and shifted the way that I do and have grown my business. I used to do a lot of in-person B2B. And because of the pandemic, I then really dug into social media, but also creating an online presence. And so my top tip is really to help encourage other people who want to build their personal brand, but also their business brand utilizing social media. And we talked about this earlier, authenticity. Authenticity is going to be key for your success. Social media can be used to share interesting facts, true stories, and other important information about you and your brand. When you are someone who says, who who does what they say and you show it and you share it, people are going to be drawn to that. When creating your own content, remember to highlight the most relevant points in your life. And third, third important thing is engage with your audience. Be real. People can feel, people can actually feel the energy exchange when you're looking, even through social media, they can tell when you're being fake and you're being salesy and they can tell when you're being authentic and real. So don't be scared to show your authentic self online. Thank you very much. Indeed. So Karina Burton, the yes. host of Unstoppable Podcast and an amazing, inspiring leader. Thank you very much for being on the series. And I wish you every success in what you continue to do. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I truly appreciate being a part of your um, podcast series and I'm very excited. Thank you. So now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you gonna do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.